Venivores, a podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt, or haven't hunted, or haven't hunted much, want to learn, or want to learn. Feel that tingling in the back of my neck. You have to be there. You have to be there. You, you don't know it at the time, yeah. you know, but it sticks with you all your life. And you you don't experience those things unless you are a hunter. <laughs> Welcome back to the New Venivores, a podcast about hunting for people who don't hunt or want to learn how to hunt or are interesting, interested. Interesting is good too. Interesting people can listen to this, but people that are interested in outdoor pursuits, such as mainly what are called consumptive outdoor pursuits, hunting, fishing, foraging, um, and people who are interested and want to know more where we take myself, Tony Martinson. And my experiences as a newer and returning outdoorsman of this type and put them out in the world to help others learn from my experiences that may be interested and don't know where to start. Our other host here is Adam Miller, and I am the, uh, I guess, the veteran of the group, you could say. (laughs) Yeah, the group of two. You've had a lifelong experience here that uh, we are joining forces, um, becoming greater than the sum of my half and, uh, putting it out in the world to be able to, uh, help others navigate their way through what is not always the easiest thing to get into. So how's it going, brother? It's good. And actually I, uh, first things first, I, I owe you a bit of an apology. Really? Okay. You asked a technique for turkey hunting and i kind of poo-pooed it i specifically asked i think if you can spot and stalk a turkey yep and uh and i have effectively done it twice now nice (laughs) see i was yeah to be fair to myself i set up the exact situation i said that it would how it would work (laughs) or how it would have to work you can't do it but if you can it will work like this yeah, and okay. I actually I could have done it with a bow even. Really, uh, I was so I kind of pulled something out of the elk hunting playbook where you get close to the herd or in this case the flock mm-hmm. and you wait for something to happen if they're not really responding to calls. So I had watched a big flock of turkeys come out. I had been all thirty birds, and I yeah. watched as the toms were strutting and milling around the flock. And maybe like a big like hundred yard circle, uh-huh. and they just kept moving them around and moving around. And I couldn't. And you'll never call a tom away from, from a something like that because he's got yeah. all kinds of ladies in front of him. Sure, and that's what so, he's out there looking for. Yeah, so they're in an egg field that like these big draws lead down or come up to the top of the egg field. Like these mm. wooded draws, and I just kind of use those for cover. And when they would circle out away, yeah. I would, you know, inch my way closer until basically I had no cover left. And then I just waited for, you know, just over the top of the hill where I could just see like their backs and heads. And I just waited for them to circle back around to me and you know, wait, you know, you couldn't see a whole lot. So I waited for a bird to, you know, pop the fan up and start uh, strutting. Yeah. And I popped up and they were 
about as surprised of turkeys I've ever seen. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, you took advantage. I took full advantage. Nice. Uh, you know, Tom was probably about 40 yards away. I shot three times and missed all three times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was about two bang, weeks ago. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely rushed my shot. It was a completely rookie, rookie, rookie move. Because I was, part of me was like, I can't believe this worked. Yeah, you know? yeah. All excited. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, all excited. So I guess that was that was a thing that worked. But so this morning, you know, I'm back out hunting again. Yeah. Same spot, same flock, essentially. And I couldn't. It got really windy today. I couldn't get anything to call in um, at first. So okay. And really windy in North Dakota is actually really windy. Yeah. <laughs> So what ended up happening is I moved down really into some thick cover and where they you know blocks the wind and I actually started calling and this time I did. Yeah. Um, I think I think they were responding to me or like they were kind of giving it the all like the the go ahead. Yeah. You know, so like they didn't come into my decoys, but you know the whole like a flock of like maybe ten birds came I don't know fifty sixty yards away, okay. like moving through the trees heading out to feed. Yeah. But they just wouldn't commit, come into my decoys again. So I waited for them to kind of feed off through mm-hmm. some really thick oaks and what have you. And I picked up my decoys and then just kind of started tailing them until I created the same situation again where they just went over a little hill. And I rushed up there and peeked my head over the hill, spotted a, the closest uh, male, which happened to be just a, a, a little Jake with a tiny little beard. What? And uh, popped up over the hill, whacked him. That was the end of my turkey season in 2019. So, congratulations! You pulled the old yeah. North Dakota slew surprise on him, didn't you? <laughs> Kinda. And mm. I guess there was probably people out there that, if they're turkey purists, they're you know shitting their pants right now in absolute disgust. But when I, I've said it before, when it comes to uh, uh, eating tags or you know eating meat, I'm, I'm a meat eater. So. Right. I mean. <laughs> Just like what happened in the Derby today. Rules are rules and a W is a W. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you're a listener and you care, like, Google what happened in the 2019 Kentucky Derby. It was a highway robbery. Someone should call the cops. But right. I didn't watch it, I guess, but it was it must have been pretty contentious that... No. Was it like a borderline call? No. Like, like, so the rule is, is if somebody is, as far as I understand, because my wife's a horse trainer, if somebody is making a move for the win, if they're making a move and you cut off their lane, that's against the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for safety and for a number of reasons. Right. For... And because it's just kind of a jerk move, like you can't get in the way of somebody who's making a move in a race. Um, so let me see if I can get this right. This horse was the horse that actually came in first place was in first place like the whole time. It came around the last turn and the crowd went crazy and it shied at the crowd. And so it moved a little bit and bumped a couple of other horses off of their off of their lane, right? But it, the one but then there was one way on the outside. Uh and I'm forgetting everyone's names, but that horse that shied recovered and stayed in front and came in first place. There was one that made it because there, there was a finisher that was making a move on the outside at the end, but couldn't, didn't really have the juice and was fading again by the time they got to the last, to the line, to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But that horse that was in second place, the jockey called the rule and had the first horse disqualified because it shied and got in the way of those other horses. So now that is a W for the number two horse that was nowhere near what happened. So by rule, he won. Rules of rules. And he got the roses. He got all that stuff. They had to yell at the roses ceremony because the booze of the 100,000 were deafening. (laughs) But a W is a W, man. I, are you comparing my like no, well just, of turkey to like cheated? No, I was literally just talking to my wife about it. But like, if somebody yeah, wants to be a jerk about it, it's not cheating. Like cheat. Yeah, and if somebody wants to be a jerk about it, then they can whatever. Meet in the freezer. Meet in the freezer is my only point. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Uh, no, you should be. No, it's an eater. It'll eat just like everything else. Plus, right. also, good job uh, popping up and like. I suppose it comes from waterfowling, though. Like, you got seconds to identify. You got less than seconds to identify. So, like, popping up. Mm-hmm. And you probably had your eye on this flock for a while, right, if you're stalking it. But, yeah, like, popping up over a hill and picking a jake with a tiny little beard out of a flock and executing a shot is no no short order to do. No. So, nice work, man. There's no small amount of luck, but, you know. I'm, There's also it, no small uh, amount of skill either, though. Right. So, but it's uh, something that, you know, it is a, it's something I've used for elk hunting and now it's part of the turkey hunting repertoire, I guess. Popped up on elk like that with a bow? Surprise, bitch, bang, dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not not kind of, but so, you know, when these herd, it goes the same with a herd or uh, the elk as it does with a turkey is that, you know, they don't just all face one direction and move one way. Right you know, when they're just relaxing, you know, they mill around, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're chasing each other, you know, one's yeah. putzing around over here, you know, so what people do, will just kind of like follow the herd, right? you know, you know, and wait for something to give you an opportunity to make a mistake. So, right. you know, and if that can be pretty effective, if you're not a very good caller, so, yeah, which I'm not, and so I'm, I might employ you know, your techniques here in the next couple of weekends. <laughs> I might not be a very good caller either because I could, couldn't get a turkey to come into my decoys. Yeah. So, or or just, like I said, you know, when they're in big flocks like that and they've got all these hens in front of them, right. you know, you're you're not going to call away a mature Tom very often. <clears> you <throat> might call in, you, you'll call in Jake's, you'll call, you know, or possibly, yeah. but it's just... He's got all that in front of him. He just doesn't care about you. He's set. He's set. Right. And so from what you said before, too, that is about right for this time of season, too. Like early on, everybody's desperate. Right now, we're kind of smack dead in the middle of all the weekly seasons for Turkey, right? And so they're kind of content at the moment. And then getting towards the end of the season is those that haven't bred yet. They're getting a little bit more desperate, right? Right, so I was very happy to to whack one today because this was probably the last day I would want to go because there's not a whole lot of ticks out yet. Yeah, not quite. I didn't even get I didn't get any today. Like I actually did get one two weeks ago. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. But now I'm going to start getting pretty serious about morels. So yep. kind of when it comes to that point of choosing between turkeys or morels, eh, I got to kind of go morels. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, do you find that the ticks kind of coincide with the appearance of mosquitoes as well? Or do ticks first usually, right? Ticks first. Yeah. Damn ticks it. always first. Damn it. I had my boy out morel hunting today, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What did you guys do? 
Um, we just had a short amount of time because I had a long run to do again, which uh, I'm dying from at the moment, actually. But uh, You physically look uncomfortable. Well, that's because I dipped myself from below below the waist down in Tiger Balm um, afterwards because it was, it was the worst run I've had. This is the first one where I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I quit. Marathons are stupid. I'm not doing this. <laughs> but then I was like, all right. all right, all right, Tony, go ahead. Call your wife. Have her pick you up. Tell her you're quitting. And then I kept running. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how that goes over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I've been putting myself on blast is because I can't quit now. But it was it was awful. It was hard. I battled myself the whole time. I felt terrible. So, and I am physically uncomfortable and trying to uh, maintain, shall we say, as we're sitting here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I had a short amount of time. We went to this little park that not a lot of folks know about north of my house. This little spot of uh, public land, and uh, we're, there's a larger county preserve out that way. But uh, we didn't have the time to invest in the six bucks to get in there or whatever today, which I know is not much, but we've got all day tomorrow, so we're going to head out tomorrow too and explore that a little bit deeper because I have my eye on it for turkeys as well. Um, Did I ever tell you about the tip I got about along the river there? Like I've been told along the river is... Along the rum? Yeah, is like very good. Yeah, it's super so, high right now, but okay. that is exactly where I was. Is I was on south-facing okay. slopes that the bottom of the slope was the river. Oh, okay. Yeah, and under what I thought was or elm, a giant elm grove, but it was when I got there, it was all oak leaves on the ground. So I was like, Damn okay, because you know the the upside down witch's broom kind of looks the same. Yep. Unless the yep. oaks are all old and gnarly, it kind of looks the same when they're a little bit younger. So. Depending on, I guess I'm not an arborist or an expert at this, obviously, but uh, yeah, because I would say elms look nothing like oaks. <laughs> well, you guys also have different oaks over there, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, now. and there are some gnarly ones, and I they, the bark looked like elm, the tree looked like elm, but the leaves on the ground from last year are definitely oak leaves. So maybe I need to hit the internet a little bit harder than I have. <laughs> It can be really tough to identify a tree without leaves. Like right. that's a main way of, of identifying trees. Yeah. The ones, they have like the what do they call those? Dicotta something. The monocots and dicots. No, 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 no. Like there's like a. There's like these charts ones. that say like, okay, is your leaf oval or is your leaf like? Oh yeah. Yeah, and you're like, okay, here. Like so, a flow like, chart on what tree is this? Yeah, and it's like dicata. I don't know. Anyway, so like they do it with leaves. They don't say here. Look at the bark. Look at the shape of the tree. You know, it's usually with leaves. So, so I forgive you. I I watched some YouTube videos before I edit out because I've been confounded by that uh, more than once. But you know, learn work in work in progress. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have a ton of luck, but we had to have a nice walk in the woods. I think, I think I found a birch tree and i don't know what growing chaga looks like but i think mm-hmm. it was covered in like lots of small knots of growing chaga so that's pretty cool yeah i have no idea what that is or even if we have it over here so you should i, I would think you should not you should know it but i think you should have it because the videos i watched was a guy in canada that was okay. uh, and as i understand it from what i've done or i've read it's a <clears throat> excuse me it's a it grows exclusively on birch trees, and it uh, 
looks like a knot out of the side of a birch tree of burnt charcoal. Like, mm-hmm. distinctly different from the tree, because a lot of people uh, think burls. Like, I was actually, mm-hmm. uh, today on a forum that I follow, I was commenting on a photo of a guy that was like, is this chaga? And it was a burl, and everybody just piled on with pictures of burls. Uh, <laughs> like, check out the sweet chaga. <laughs> and, uh, Man, the, the internet is rough. <laughs> the internet is super rough. But I threw a photo of what I found last weekend. Oh, well, that, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, from what I understand, it's, like black charcoal and then it's really hard like i saw it harvested with a hatchet and then it's like orangish on the inside and it's supposed to be like uh very beneficial like neurally protectant and stuff like that like in the same vein as lion's mane when it comes to that but you don't serve it up you make like tea and stuff out of it throw okay, it in so your it's coffee not like a food stuff it's like a no okay from what i understand a lot of people make chaga tea and uh there's a company that makes mushroom coffee that i drink sometimes mm-hmm. uh for sigmatic they're not paying us, but they could if they wanted to. Um, and they, there's their mushroom coffee is lion's mane and chaga, and that's their like, get your mind going blend. Well, there's definitely not a lot of birch <clears throat> in my area, so yeah, I think it's, it's deeper forests, but maybe uh, you get uh, wherever north and west of you into the mountains out there, you might find some more birch out there, right? In the Kildare Mountains, there might be some. Yeah, I think so I have I seen some there. Actually. Turtle Mountains. Turtle Mountains. That's there's certainly some in the Turtle Mountains. That's yeah. way north. Yeah. You've piqued my interest. I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah, it was interesting. From this year to last year, I was like, okay. I was like explaining to my son what we were looking for, and I was like, okay, you're looking for little wizard staff shillelagh curls coming out of the ground with a U-shaped rib like a celery and brown paper. That's fiddleheads, and you're looking mm-hmm. for two like wide-leaved grassy things that have a purple stem and smell like garlic or onions. Those are ramps, and we're looking for morels, and we're looking for chaga, mm-hmm. and we're looking for chickens. And it was pretty cool. You know, I feel like I'm learning quite a bit about that just from watching forums and reading and stuff. Yeah, you have to be an opportunist when you're foraging. Like Completely. It's, the more yeah, that's in the tool to, bag, the more that Yeah, it pays to, like, I'm looking for this, but, you know, like, it, and you try to train your eye for that, but... For sure. You know, when it's... You can't find something, like, don't just walk by the ramps because you can't find morels. Right. And it's one of those things, it's like learning to read the forest, right? And I feel like it really gets into, to, I guess that, that sounded more hippie than I meant it to. That sounded more like Mother Willow than I meant it to. But you really are. And I find it to mm-hmm. be, you find yourself, I find it to be really symbiotic with hunting in general because you find, you know, you're just, number one, you're just out there looking around, mm-hmm. milling around out there in the woods. Number two, you're learning to identify things that animals interact with while you're out there. You know. Yeah. So. Speaking of identifying, I was I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. My wife gives me a hard time because I have taken pictures of animal shit and like even posted oh. it on like my Instagram account, and she's like, "Why do you guys do that?" I'm like, "I don't know. Hunters are weird." So because like when you know. sent me a picture the other day, yeah, I was like. Tony, you're coming along nicely. Definitely wasn't dog <laughs> you're t- shit. <laughs> you're taking pictures of shit and sending it to me. <laughs> Did you notice how I even put my foot next to it for reference? My boot in there, size reference. Frame of reference. There you yeah. go. I wasn't going to be very like, handy. Hey, hey, kiddo, stick your little face down there next to that so we know how big it is, you know? Right. So, yeah, no. So, I think I think that was of two separate animals. So, the one, one definitely that like, wasn't domestic dog. looked like little clumps. 
Yeah, go okay. ahead. Sorry. Well, the ones that like have like little clumps put together. Yeah. You see like distinct like lobes, so yeah. that's usually an indication like of a mature buck, like okay. because like a, like a doe, it's usually speaking like all those little pellets those will be little pellets, yeah, yeah, they'll be separated, like yeah, yeah. they'll be individual on their own. Like it, oftentimes a mature buck, all those they'll come out as more like that clump type deal. Yeah, it seemed like it was almost like a really gross stack of pancakes that was melting away from each other <laughs> to be honest that's what it seemed like and like i've googled some pictures of bear scat as well and it was pretty close to that like the difference between a small bear scat from what i can tell on pictures of the internet and a nice healthy buck scat is not much and it depends on their diet like if they've been eating weird right. stuff in different places it could look exactly the same or like not far from each well, other it's, it wouldn't be completely unreasonable that you could have a bear in that area like it's yeah. i mean that that is a thing that happens on fairly often in that area, in the city's area actually where yeah. bears are. so it wouldn't surprise me i guess so right maybe yeah because i mean i was going to do a new segment called when was the last time you went for a walk in the woods and mm. like tell us just about the last time you were walking around right to go along with our other recurring segment but we're kind of talking about it now so mm. um I mean, we're out at, shout out to Jeffrey, we're out at Jeffrey's family's place out there. And uh, we were, I, I decided my boy is probably old enough now to, early and often, right, start squeezing off some rounds. So, mm -hmm. and I want it, I definitely need to practice with the 12 gauge, mm -hmm. right? So, um, we're safe and all that stuff and I'm a responsible parent and all those good things and Jeff was there to help keep an eye and all that, so... Um, we were out milling around, squeezing off some rounds out there, right? We had the, I didn't put the kid on the 12 gauge. I put him on a little lever action 22, right? Which mm -hmm. he loved. And once he figured out the fork with, uh, the fork with, uh, oh, uh, the, the iron the sights. <laughs> yeah. Once he figured out the open sights, he was plinking the, plinking the irons like everyone else, right? That's awesome. I got to teach him to slow down focus <laughs> take a breath and follow through because he's like plink stand up like right away you know it's like no you stay on that scope at least finish your breath you know mm -hmm. we got to learn proper form but well it's not a scope stay on those sites but anyway he did really good and i was really proud of him but um i was talking to jeffrey and i was like are there any turkeys out here you know because jeffrey's another guy that is sort of getting into this not as full whole hog as i am but he's into it you know we went bird hunting the other last year two years ago mm -hmm. and he's like well we used to i used to have a deer stand way back in here and i used to see turkeys in there all the time you want to go walk in and check it out I'm like, sure you know and uh it was a really unique spot because uh it's super boggy and it's like you're in like regular old Minnesota farmland and forest, right? With poplars and aspens and birch and elm mm -hmm. and oak and all the normal stuff. And then all of a sudden you're in this like old growth, like not a lot of ground cover because it's real boggy cedar bog. Okay. Which is weird because that's more typical of like, they said like, he said that they had had as close to some university land because they're, researching 
because that's more typical of like North Florida, South Georgia, South Mississippi, like it's more typical forests of that area. And I've never wandered around the woods out in that part of the country, but that's what he had said. So anyway, um, like, and there was some pretty serious bog. Like I went in almost over my boot ankle in a couple of spots. We had to literally walk on the cedar root system, which is super fun, mm-hmm. you know, bushwhacking through that. And, uh, Jeff's like, I think I hear a bird. And I was like, what? You know? And it was a, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I was like, he's like, there it was. And I was like, that's no bird I've ever heard, man. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Will would go, oh, I hear it. And of course, a uh, five-year-old is almost six-year-old is like just incessantly chattering the whole time <laughs> when we're out there. Right. Which is fine. He was having fun. And a couple of times I was like, hey, how about we practice learning to sneak through the woods instead of talking the whole time? but he was fine and it was fun, you know, and he was having fun and oh dad and picking up sticks and stuff. But every once in a while, I think you were hearing a grouse. Oh really? Yeah. I think you were hearing uh one of the woods grouse. Um, the, uh, like a rough or something. Grouse? Yeah. Cause you got sharp tails out there. I, I don't know that for certain, but okay. it's, it's it might have been that. So. I don't know much about grouses. I was planning on getting into those this fall, and I've been need to. About now is about the time to start learning that. So, that would be interesting. It's good to know there's grouses out in that cedar grove because, again, more stuff to shoot. Um, they like so they really they relate to like um, like mid growth aspen stuff like that. Okay. Like ten year old aspen. Sure. So not like the real old stuff. Or yeah. Newer but some of that too. You know. I mean, they're kind of. Kind of do as they please, I guess, but yeah, you know, they, I know they relate to those types of things. So. Dude, I had no idea what it was. I thought it might have been a Sam Squinch. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're in such good shape. You could like <laughs> either run from it or fight it, I guess. But then we saw this sign, and I was like, and I, I was wondering if that was a bear, if we were bumping a black bear out of there, you know, mm-hmm. after we saw that scat, because there was something moving through, too that I thought we kept bumping out of there, you know, which it also could have been a big buck. Um, yeah. Cause again, we were not being quiet, but all of a sudden, like I started thinking it was a black bear and I was like, dang it. We left that nine back at the shooting table. <laughs> like <laughs> I've got nothing. I don't even have water on me. This is supposed to be a short little walk into here, you know? Uh, yeah. So normally, I mean, so a big boar, like a male black bear, yeah. he might get aggressive like that. If he doesn't feel that you're out there if you're not a threat, like hunting him, you know, so right. he might, they'll do things like pop their jaws and like, they'll make like a woof, woof, you know, that was kind of it. That was kind of it. But I mean, I could also, I'm also known to have my, uh, imagination run away in situations like this sometimes. <laughs> like I'll well, call your, you had, a, you had a cool encounter one way or another. So, right. And that sign was super fresh too. It looked super fresh. I mean, I didn't feel it. it. I don't know if it was warm, but it was sure shiny and wet looking. So, okay. um, yeah, he might have a bear. And Will's like, Dad, I got a stick. I'll protect you from the bear. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it's going to take more than a stick. And he's like, but I'm a ninja. I'll just take care of it. And I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> Sorry. You're taking a drink. Sorry. But I was like, all right, man, we'll just see what happens. Like, 
And here I thought the video of I took of a pheasant just about in my lap this morning was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. That was super cool. But on That's the way, up on the Instagram folk, or the Instagram page, the listeners, it's it is pretty cool. Like I called in a pheasant. I did not call in a turkey. Not a bad sized pheasant either. It looks like he was kind of a hog actually. <laughs> well, when he's that close. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, I, I could have threw a rock at him. So. <laughs> yeah, but on that walk through that cedar grove is where I found some chaga. And again, I had nothing. I didn't have anything. And I didn't really know, so I dropped a waypoint and took some pics and we'll okay. have to out there. It'll That's be cool. there. So, private land. No one's getting to it. Nobody cares yeah. about that. Can you there. harvest that at any time or is it like, or does it have to be like actively growing? Um, from what I understand that once it has chaga on it, once you, I mean, it will eventually kill that tree. And okay. if you harvest the whole thing, it'll kill that tree. And if you harvest a little bit, it'll kill the tree slower, but it will eventually kill that tree. And I don't know if you can like chop off part of it and have what you need there and then come back later and have it grow again. I just don't know. I'll have to do some more research. Yeah. Well, you have your, you potentially have like a living experiment to yeah. figure it out, you know? Yeah, for right. sure. I, I, I really want to do my like negative testing on this and like, deadly chaga lookalikes google search you know <laughs> like <laughs> the last thing i want to do is like brew up some nice chaga tea and then be smeared across the universe for the next 18 hours and come back like and having to make some major life changes you know what i mean hey guys wasn't chaga <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i don't uh, know what it is but i have some for sale now for right. <laughs> by the ounce <laughs> <laughs> right right make some tea here's how you do it if you wake up in the mojave don't call me <laughs> I said it would change your life. I did not say how. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I'm always afraid of that with mushrooms, though. And I mean, like, that's a tongue in cheek thing, but I'm afraid of picking something and eating it. That, and I mean, like, it's mostly overstated. Like, a lot of them aren't going to for sure kill you. And the ones that for sure will kill you are, like, you know, pretty obvious warning signs out there. But. Right. The lookalikes typically aren't super, super bad, but you might have a bad time. Like, if you don't French fry... You're going to be miserable. If yeah. you don't pizza, you're going to have a bad time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Precisely. So, other than our so walk that, today, that was the last time. It was it was a nice little adventure we had. Sounds like we're both having some fun right now. It's a good time yeah. to be out in, the, out in the woods, man. Like, Absolutely. everything's just starting to green out. You know, there's no not a whole lot of bugs right now. No, just the first so. little buds. You know, like everything's out there looking to get laid. I yep. mean, it's you know, it's a it's a good time to be in the woods. Well, that's yeah. the other thing I was saying to Jeff on our walk is he was like, I don't I don't think there's bear out here, and I was like, if there is, this is the one. This is one of the two worst times ever to run <laughs> into them because <laughs> if it's a boar, it's hungry and just hungry and super hungry, and if it's a sow, she probably has babies at this point because it's early in the yep. year. So. Uh, keep your head on a swivel, and also you can't climb a tree to get re- to get away from it. So <laughs> your best bet would be to trip Jeff, yeah, grab <laughs> grab Will, and just run. Hopefully you don't <laughs> Sorry, get Jeff. drowned in a cedar bog by a freaking black bear today. You know, <laughs> no, actually with black bears, it's fight back. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're typically more you're more scared of you yeah. than you are of them, and all that. Especially around here and in metro areas, they get bumped all the time. So. One of those things, bears are, until you've had experience, bears are scarier than they probably should be until they're not, right? But, like, 
when you have one like feet away and it's in the dark and it's wounded yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure i mean but like generally you can spend time in proximity to bears and generally be okay with a few smart tactics right yeah oh i mean don't get me wrong man i love bears i just really wish they'd like stop sneaking up on me and shit <laughs> <laughs> i actually had this talk uh with some people at work about they were somewhere somewhere tropical maybe florida or something talking about alligators or pythons down the everglades or something and i was like that's terrifying and like what are you talking about like you maybe bumped a black bear all afternoon last weekend and i was like yeah but I'm familiar with this stuff. Like I've, I may not have been a lifelong hunter, but I've spent time out in the woods quite a bit in my life. And I'm like kind of familiar with the way things just work. Mm -hmm. The swamp is a other world to me. And I would be like <laughs> up a Creek without a paddle in that situation. Mm -hmm. I would need a professional. <laughs> like help me <laughs> somebody call a professional, you know? So I get that. Yeah. Anyhow. And that's old age too. Like uh, my wife and I went on honeymoon in Fort Myers, Florida, and we went down to the Big Cypress National Preserve, and they had a ten-mile loop that was in water anywhere from your boots to your up to your, my hips, and I'm six one. And I was like, "Let's do it!" And she put the kibosh because she's like, "Do you think maybe you have no idea what you might run into out there? Do you think maybe we have no gear or supplies? Slow your roll, friend." <laughs> And like, all right, I suppose, but I was ready for adventure then, but that was seven years ago, so. Was that your honeymoon, you said? Yeah. So were you like, so this is what life's going to be now? Or, <laughs> well, she was I'm right. I'm getting constantly reined in. No. I want to have fun. <laughs> no, she was right. It would have turned out bad. All she had to do was say water moccasin, and I was like, oh, yeah, those oh, things. Yeah. Super poisonous. <laughs> All right. You're right. You're Very right. aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Like the chase people. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Because we had just got done looking at a bunch of alligators, and I was thinking, like, I can handle one of those things. You know? <laughs> I see people jump out of swamp boats onto them all the time. I got this, you know? What was my joke in college that I was no. going to fight a bear? Yeah, getting like, close, work the body. Getting close, work the body. Yeah. <laughs> see? We, were, we used to be so young. Well, I mean, I think the I think I'd have the element of surprise. I, I guarantee that bear would not expect that coming. Right. Like usually those soft pudgy things to run away. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have knives in their face and hands <laughs> that are made literally evolved to scratch all of the flesh off of your bones. <laughs> and they start eating you from the asshole, just so you know. Well I'm just I mean, if I'm gonna go out <laughs> It would be a hell of a story. Like I, I boxed a bear right. and win. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean there's a whole lot of people that can tell that story. Depending on your belief <laughs> system, you might not have anyone to tell it to. But depending on your belief system, you might have everybody to tell it to. So go for it, man. Somebody, somebody will know. My story will be told. <laughs> <laughs> the story must be told. That's right. For sure. <laughs> like somebody will put it together. It's like. There's, there was no tracks of him trying to run. <laughs> <There was this. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We tracked down the bear, and you guys aren't going to believe this, but it was bruised in the stomach. <laughs> he was, he yeah. must have thrown haymakers. <laughs> I'm thinking rear naked is the way to go. I'm thinking get out, take his back, choke it out, <laughs> run before it comes back. That's what I'm thinking. You definitely won't see that coming. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. <laughs> You're going to have to be a squirrely little guy to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm that scrappy. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm looking to take some lessons in that, too, so we'll see. <laughs> Got to get this marathon behind me, man. Jesus. I'm coming back to life here as we're talking, but holy cats, that was awful. Yeah, well, I got an elk tag in my pocket, so nice. I got drawn for Montana this year, so I got a really nice uh, archery tag. Awesome. So, so how Montana? So it's an archery tag, but also like later in the year when the rifle season starts, then it's like a general season mm-hmm. like rifle tag as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there. So I'm pretty nice. excited about that. But now it's like, oh yeah, fill that. All freezer. right, get get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Try yeah. to stay in shape this time. So yeah. with my schedule now, it's a lot different. I can't actually stay in shape. So. Right. I just keep telling myself, you know, uh, David Goggins, Cam Haynes, you know, all these guys, these ultra runners like Cam Haynes did the Moab 240. David Goggins did a stupid amount of 100-mile races in one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Eddie Izzard, you know Eddie Izzard, right, the yeah. comedian? He did 26 marathons in 26 days. Like, with not a lot of training, and I think he got rhabdo from it, actually, so I'm not going that far, but, like, I can, it's all about me against myself. It's, right testing the will, and uh, I tested it today, so (laughs) we'll bounce back from it. Once you've been there, you can go back. I kind of had to go to the dark place a little bit to keep myself going. (laughs) You're angry at yourself? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little darker than that even, but we'll, we'll talk about that one offline a little bit if you want to know. <laughs> you know what? We're just going to drop that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I feel confident in my ability to hump through the woods all day long right now. I bet. Yeah, not pushing that VO2 max, so. Yeah, man. Okay. Anything else you want to go over? What's the last wild game meal you cooked? Oh, dude. Um, today for dinner, mm. uh, whole smoked duck. Oh, dang. It is freaking bomb. <laughs> Did you like pluck it and leave the skin on? Yep. Yep. So I what I heard, do, I think Hank Shaw said there's a special place in hell reserved for people who leave or who take the skin off of birds. See, that's not fair because Hank is being a little hypocritical there because, right. like, he has recipes where he takes the skin off a bird. Well, he knows his audience, and I might be misquoting him, but I think he has. Uh... No, I think he said something along the lines. But, <laughs> I like, I was, I was perusing his site today, and it's like, there's he's got, like, a bunch of recipes for him. Dude, and it's he's like, got great recipes. And it's like, Hank, I mean, not every, not every recipe calls for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows his audience, I guess. Yeah, so in any case, like, yeah, whole smoked duck. Um, you can find a recipe online from Bradley Smoker, and then I actually kind of uh, tweak it a bit in yeah. the, in my waterfall book on Amazon. So, the, like this, like a, there's a stage there where you can stop and like freeze it, and then that's counting know. decoys by midnight. Can't wait. Nope. No. Counting <laughs> decoys, decoys by moon. Yep. There setting it is. Setting decoys by moonlight. Got it in three. <laughs> setting decoys by moonlight on Amazon by uh, Roland Deshane. Go out and buy it. I actually wasn't going to drop that, but all right. Nope, Adam DeShane. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Roland DeShane <laughs> is someone else. Nice to you, friend. In any case, <laughs> so it, that recipe, it's like, it's kind of a, it's a lot of, it's really labor intensive to do one bird, but yeah. it's like only a little bit more work to do like multiple birds. Right. So what I do is like, 
doing batches like six at a time. So this was the last bird I had that was in the freezer. And yeah. so now I got to go, I got to wait to go get some big old northern mallard fatties again. Nice. But any good fat duck will, that's not a diver, will yeah. work. So I've done it with pindales, I've done it with wood ducks, done it with mallards. They're all phenomenal. Nice. And um, just a whole smoked bird and it just, the meat is just, oh, I bet it's that... just like buttery it's amazing. I bet that beautiful so duck good. fat melting under that skin into that meat all afternoon, low temperature, get it nice and slow and tender. That skin gets crispy and barky. I can right. taste it. It sounds right. so delicious. Well, what kind so, of chips did you use? Uh, those ones, I think I used cherry. Oh, um, it's so been a while. So that's so, been in the freezer, so I don't exactly remember. So but, good. So when they first come off the smoker, that first bird that you do, and like yeah. you finish it in the oven to get it up to temperature, that one, yeah, the the skin and everything, it's just it's amazing. Like first time I did this recipe, I, like I cut off a leg, took a bite, you know, right the skin and stuff, and it just melted in my mouth, and like I just hit nirvana, and like <laughs> they call that a this food is amazing. Gasm. So like went and cut off the other leg, and, like went and like found my wife, and she was like just, just walking out. You gotta of, try this. <laughs> yeah, just walking out of my son's room, putting him to bed, and I like physically like put it in her face and like try this, and she like took a bite. I've never seen her eyes light up and like quite. <laughs> like, uh, I bet you haven't. Zazing. <laughs> just joking. Point just playing. Oh boy. Okay. She listens to this, you know. <laughs> oh, what's up? We're having fun. So like her eyes just lit up like yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's it's so good. So awesome. Highly recommend it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That sounds delicious, man. I've been thinking I need a smoker for a really long time, but mm-hmm. I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I want to put it up at the lake so we can throw a nice huge pork shoulder on there in the morning, go out fishing all day, come back, have a little it- surf and turf deluxe down by the fire, you know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, I use my smoker all the time. I, I get my use out of them. So I've actually I've burned through one now. Like I had to get yeah. the other one. So. I, I feel like I would use it more than a more than a grill. Actually, personally, it's like a slow cooker that's like ten times better and more delicious. Yeah, I don't use it as much as my grill, but that's because I grill a ton. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I have anyway. a charcoal grill, so it's a little bit more of a commitment. To, and I appreciate the process, but it's more of an event when I decide to grill. You know? right. So that sounds awesome, man. Um, that sounds super awesome, actually. Have to put some ducks in the freezer and try that myself. Um, you guys get a lot more wood ducks over there. That's where I would mm-hmm. try one of those. Okay. Yeah. There are a lot of people that put wood duck houses out, and I feel yeah. like kind of a, I don't know. I don't know if it's bad form or not to like, you know. To camp out outside the wood duck houses. <laughs> but Well, you have to remember they're only using those like April, May, June, you know, yeah, so whole, like, time, by the time yeah. you're hunting, they're long vacated the house. So sure. fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I was like, Oh hey, what are those? Wood duck houses? And then like mental note right there, wood ducks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like apparently I'm off on my timing on that. So um last thing I made is I was digging through the freezer and I found uh one of those, I'm pulling up the recipe right now, but one of those uh, pounds of the half bacon ground that I talk about so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, nice. There was a little stash of them way back in the back that had been covered up. So I was happy about that. A few more pounds of venison. And so I was already making some soup. And so I browned that up and put it in there. It's uh, spicy 
like red pepper and white bean soup. And so I took a couple of red peppers and I, I, uh, roasted them under the, roasted them under the broiler, you know, pulled the skin off, whatever. Um, and it called for a pound of hot Italian sausage. So I threw that in there, browned up the baking ground of venison, threw that in there. And then it's onion, those peppers, carrots, garlic, and then sage, rosemary, red pepper flakes, some chicken stock, which I do make my own, um, 14 ounce can of tomatoes, and then three cans of beans and some cream and some spinach. And you put it all in there. And I mean, there's some like timing to throwing it all together, but you essentially do your brown up your meat, do your mirepoix with your roasted red peppers, throw the stock in there, let it just, and herbs and stuff and let it simmer and get happy in there. And then, uh, you essentially mash up like one of the cans of beans. So it helps it thicken up and you mm-hmm. drizzle and rain, drain and rinsed. And then you put the other two in there with those mashed up ones, drop a little bit of cream in there. And then you put a bunch of spinach in a bowl and serve it over that. So it wilts it. And then I shave some Parmesan in there. And it was delicious. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is blasphemy or not because a lot of folks are like, you know, patties and goulash. And if you do anything with a backstrap other than grill it up and, and you know, make medallions out of it, like you're not doing justice to it and all this stuff, right? So, but I just, especially with that ground, I find stuff that recipes that I like and go, oh, I bet this would be good with ground venison mm-hmm. in it and then throw it in there and that's it. So. You're making use of it, man, and that's what matters. It's not rocket like, surgery, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's fine. Obviously, you know, I'd much rather see somebody do that than the person that like shoots it, you know, takes it to the processor, gets it all made up, and then like waits till the next season, throws out their old one, and go shoots another one. Right. So, <laughs> right. And I would personally rather do that than have a ton of slim jims sitting around, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. So yeah. That's that, I suppose, huh? Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a fast forty-five minutes. That was a fast forty-five minutes. It goes. It's <laughs> what happens when you have a laugh now and again on this thing, right? Um, That's right. So I guess go out and do your educate or educate yourself, do your research, get involved. New hunter programs with literally everything that you're going to do your research on. There will be new hunter programs for that from the associations, state wildlife management associations. Um, Pheasants Forever, Ducks Unlimited, North American Wild Turkey Foundation, all of them. Just whatever you decide you want to hunt, you could search for whatever association, and that's it. There will be one, or a group of like-minded individuals that want to help you out and get together and help each other out. So, um, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is a favorite. It's the yearly rendezvous in Boise, Idaho right now, and I wish I was there, but I'm not. One of these years, having a good time right now. (laughs) Yeah, looks like it. Uh, So, always looking to get more involved with them. So, and and really, they're growing huge and advocates for public lands. So, that's that's a great place to start for new and beginning hunters. So, thanks to Craig Minowa and Cloud Cult for letting us use the song "Running with the Wolves" as the intro and outro to our program. Sharpen your teeth, dig deep, and get out there. Screaming at the stars Left all we own In a hole in our
cubicles and little flaming piles, and we were running for a reason.